good Christian and Missionary Alliance people, and we've been revisiting um, the founder of this movement's uh, core understanding about Jesus. And it was articulated in the fourfold gospel by which we declare that Jesus is our Savior. Okay, now I better get a little bit stronger than that. And our sanctifier and our healer and our coming king. Today we want to meditate on his being our coming king. And by the way, in, into the new year, we're, we're going to go to the kingdom teaching of Jesus and ask, what are people like in this kingdom that is coming and already here? In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, um, here is what it's like in my kingdom. And so we're going to go there in, in January and, and study that and ask if we are kingdom citizens, if we are kingdom people, what are we supposed to be like? And we'll look at the Beatitudes where Jesus said, blessed are, and not happy are or not fortunate are, but deeply blessed are those who uh, live out the values of the kingdom. So that's, that's what we're going to do. Savior, sanctifier, healer, and coming king. The 15th through the 18th dynasties of Egypt were unlike any of the others. And you're probably thinking, I know that. That's, of course, they were. They, they were different in this respect, that they were led by Hyksos rulers. Hyksos rulers. And the Hyksos, H-Y-S-O-S, H-Y-K-S-O-S, were rulers that were Semitic people from outside of Egypt who came into the, the Nile Delta of Egypt and actually posed as, as rulers. They, they became the pharaohs of Egypt for those few dynasties. And the term Hyksos that refers to these kings um, is a term that literally means shepherd king. They were shepherd kings. And if you try to put those two words together, you might have the difficulty that they had in Egypt to understand how can you be a shepherd and a king? What is a shepherd king? But it was an idea that was in the mind of God before it ever visited the people of Egypt because what God decided to do when he would send his king is that he decided, in fact, to send a shepherd king. What kind of king? is born in a stable? What kind of king is born in Bethlehem? That's a no known little village that doesn't count among the villages even of Judah. What kind of king is born there? What, what kind of a king doesn't have any place to sleep at night? What kind of a king is crucified on a cross? What kind of a king is that? Well, it's a shepherd king. Jesus himself is our savior, our sanctifier, our healer, and our coming king. What kind of a king is it that has come and is coming? It's a shepherd king. I, I want to go today to the, the Old Testament and New Testament prophecies about this coming king and just have a look with you at what it is that the scriptures tell us about this one who came. In Micah, long before Jesus was born, um, we hear this prophecy about the coming of Christ. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, 
from ancient times. And I love those terms. I, I love that Jesus is described as the one who is from of old, from ancient times. It's, just, it's such a mysterious way to describe this one that is coming. But, but the prophecy is this. Bethlehem, you don't count among the, the clans. You don't count among the towns. You don't count among the villages. But even though you are so small that you're not noticed, from you will come one who will be the ruler for me. From you will come the king. And then just a few verses later, here's how that king is described. Micah says he will stand and shepherd his flock. Now those, again, those are ideas that, that, that are incongruous. Why would you put those together? How is it that he would be the ruler of Israel and the shepherd of a flock? I don't know what you think of shepherds, but in the ancient Near East, nobody wanted to be a shepherd. And nobody wanted shepherds around. They didn't smell very good to start with. They were uncouth. They were uneducated. A shepherd was not what you encouraged your children to grow up and be. But here in this prophecy from Micah, he says, Bethlehem, even though you don't count, a ruler is going to come from you, one who is from of old an ancient one. And what's he going to do, this ruler who comes? What's he going to do, this king who comes? He's going to stand and shepherd my people. Well, Matthew goes to that very same um, prophecy, and he says this. Quoting Micah, he says, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. It's interesting that uh, Matthew remembers Micah that way, because that's not exactly what Micah said. (laughs) Micah said, Bethlehem, you don't count. And Matthew said, yeah, Micah said, Bethlehem really counts. Because Matthew understood that what had happened was exactly what Micah had prophesied, that from this out-of-the-way little village that didn't count, didn't get registered, indeed the ruler of Israel came. But Matthew goes right to that verse a few verses later on in Micah chapter 5, and he says, For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. What kind of a king is it who came? It is clearly by the anticipation of the prophet, it is clearly by the right of Matthew, a shepherd king who came. Jesus is our savior, sanctifier, healer, coming king who is our shepherd So this morning, let's meditate on what it means that he was a shepherd king. What kind of king is the king who came? What kind of king is it that we sing to and say, you are my king? What kind of king is it whose kingdom is gloriously breaking through into the kingdoms of this world? What kind of a king were we expecting? What kind of a king was it who came? It was a shepherd king, a shepherd king. Now, the person who was best able to describe to us what a shepherd king would be like was who? Do we know any shepherd kings? Any ideas? David. I, tentatively, maybe this is right. I, yeah, David was a shepherd king. And the Psalms of David are glorious Psalms. And where was David from, by the way? He's from Bethlehem. What was he doing when Samuel came to anoint him? What was he doing? Being a shepherd, doing what shepherds do. 
and he ascended to the throne. And the one who came as king of Israel came to the throne of David, the shepherd king throne. And David, as he was reflecting on what the king was like who was his king, reflected on the fact that God was his shepherd. So here on a Christmas Sunday, let's go to the famous psalm, perhaps the most favorite psalm, maybe even the most favorite passage of Scripture, the 23rd Psalm, where David one day says this, The Lord is my shepherd. The the king is my shepherd. The, the, The God of heaven and earth, he's my shepherd. Now you need to go to the hills of Judea and hang out with David as he meditates on this and really asks himself the question, what's a shepherd like? What am I saying when I say the Lord is my shepherd? What does a shepherd do? What is a shepherd's call? What is a shepherd's purpose? What what is the, the function of the shepherd? And there was David out there with no human beings anywhere in sight. Sheep and goats, rare lion that might wander through and try to have dinner from his flocks and here's David out there and he says think about this the Lord is my shepherd so what does he say as he meditates on this he says the Lord is my shepherd first of all so he says I lack nothing he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters he refreshes my soul that, that's what a shepherd does And the king who has come is what kind of a king? He's a shepherd king. The king who was anticipated, Micah says, he will stand and he will shepherd my people. What does it mean that he will stand and shepherd my people? What does Matthew mean when he says that the the one who has come has come to be our shepherd? David says, I know what shepherds do. I'm a shepherd. I'll tell you what a shepherd does. And then I'll attach this grand idea that the Lord is my shepherd first thing that he observes is that the shepherd takes care of his sheep. Takes care of his sheep. We, um, long ago uh, in, in Ireland, um, wanted to buy a dog. And um, my dad heard about a shepherd who was selling collies. Uh, we call them collies over there. And we went to see this collie that we might buy. And we went to this shepherd's place. And it was up in the mountains, as, as much as Ireland has actual mountains, it was up in the hills. And this shepherd introduced um, the, the mother of the litter, and I, I remember her still. Her name was Sheila, and she was a sheepdog. And the shepherd told us about Sheila, and he said, I, I want you to know that my dog can count. And we said, sure. <laughs> he says, you know, my dog, do you know why it's important that my dog can count? No idea. Because every night, Sheila counts the sheep coming back into the pen. And she knows if there's only one missing. And he says, if Sheila barks, and when she finishes barking, then she barks loud, and she barks to get my attention, I know that not all of the sheep have come home. And Sheila and I head out into the hills to find the lost sheep. And he says, that, that's exactly what we do every day. Sheila barks to count the sheep, and if there's even one missing, we go out and we find that sheep. I don't know why we didn't buy that dog, the, the, the dog from the litter. We didn't, but I, I still remember Sheila, the dog that, that could count. 
David says, the Lord is my shepherd, and my shepherd looks after me. I don't need anything. You see, you see sheep are, are notoriously stupid animals. So when, when we are called his flock, man, don't, don't get to, too big a, a head over that. It, it just means we're, we're pretty stupid, and, and we need someone to look after us. A sheep will head off over a cliff if the first one goes over. A sheep will just wander and, and wander, and they need a shepherd who looks after them. And David says, here's what it's like when the Lord, my shepherd, looks after me. He says, I don't need anything. I lack nothing. And the shepherd who looks after me, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, we have plenty of green here. But in the Judean hills where David was a shepherd, there wasn't plenty of green. There, there were only patches of green around water. But it was desert. I mean, it, it is, it is a, a bleak, bleak, rocky landscape where David was doing his work as a shepherd. And when he said, God leads us to green pastures, he has us lie down in green pastures, David would know that that's not the normal experience of sheep. The normal experience of sheep is to follow their shepherd on this sort of endless pursuit of some patch of green somewhere. And they're always moving to find green. They're always moving to find water. And David says, no, my shepherd has us lie down in green pastures. And it's, it's the most lovely pastoral, tranquil scene that David is imagining where he's saying, here are these sheep, and they lie down. They lie down because they're satisfied, and they lie down in green pastures because their shepherd has led them to green pastures. He, he says, my shepherd also leads me beside quiet waters. Quiet waters are the waters that are between tumultuous waters that are tumbling over a cliff or something, and stagnant waters that have no movement. They are just the perfect image of supply not dangerous not putrid but but satisfying and David says in all of this my shepherd refreshes my soul my my shepherd gives to me a tranquility of heart gives to me a rest of soul that is the, the, the most abundant supply of the heart of the shepherd what, what kind of a king is it that has come well, the, the king who has come is a shepherd king. How does he treat us? I mean, how do kings treat their subjects? Well, the, the Bible is very clear that no matter how other kings treat their subjects, the way our king treats us is that he treats us like a shepherd, a good shepherd, treats his flocks. And David says, the Lord is, the Lord is my shepherd. He, he goes a little bit farther in the psalm, and he says, not only is, is he the one who, who gives to me all that I need, you know, in, in whose care I lack nothing, but he's the one who guides me along the right paths for his namesake. And, and the shepherd is, is one who leads his sheep. Um, the, the whole idea of, of the staff and rod later on are the idea that the, the shepherd has, has a, a rod that he holds up, that if the sheep can see the rod, they know where the shepherd's going, that he taps the rock so that they can hear where the shepherd's going. But David says, the, the shepherd of my life, the Lord who is my shepherd, is one who has me in a state that I don't need anything, and he, he leads me along in the right paths. Why? 
for his name's sake. His namesake. And in the Old Testament, we, we learn that what God is up to is always about his name. He wants his name to be known. His name is about his character. His name is about his reputation. And at the end of the Old Covenant story, the prophets say, God's going to do a new thing. Why? Not for your sake, but for the sake of his holy name. So David says, this, this shepherd leads me, and he leads me to live the kind of life that is for his name's sake. So the beautiful wisdom of God's word, the powerful activity of God's spirit in our lives is to lead us in the right paths for his namesake. David says, Lord is my shepherd. He says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The darkest valley literally, as, as you remember from the, the King James, is the valley of the shadow of death. And what a grim statement that is. What a, what a grim image. The valley of the shadow of death. There's no sunlight breaking through. There is only the darkest, heaviest shadow that casts coldness and casts fear into our hearts and lives. As a pastor, I have been with many, many people around their deaths. And I can tell you that there is a difference when a person is facing death for the one who knows the Lord as her shepherd or his shepherd and the one who doesn't. For the one who doesn't, there is either some kind of self-delusion that says, well, it was only about the life I've just lived. Soon I just won't be or some romantic notion of some other place that they're going to go and be an angel or a flower in God's garden or something like that. Or in the realists, there is terror. There is fear. There is dread about what might be on the other side. One of the best deaths I ever saw was my secretary. Her name was Ruth. And Ruth was a single lady all her life who served as a church secretary for years and years. Her name was Ruth Fox. And my friends made fun of me because they said I had a fox for a secretary. <laughs> but you would need to know Ruth to understand the, the humor of that. One, one time I said to her, Ruth, would you ever feel comfortable about call, just calling me Ian? She had a look of horror on her face, like, like I had just slapped her. She said, oh, no, 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 no. I could never do that. It was always Pastor Campbell. Always. And, and I said, well, do you mind if I call you Ruth? And I think actually she did. <laughs> but but I, I, I called her that anyway. She lived a, a long, faithful life. And then she got sick. And when I visited her for the last time in the hospital, she was holding on, but there were people all around her. They were singing psalms, songs to her. They were reading psalms. They were reading scripture. They were just remembering with her. And it was time for Ruth to die. And she was talking about what she was expecting. She was talking about going to heaven. She had one of those deaths in which, quite unusually, she was, she was completely clear until the last breath that she drew. But as, as her breathing became more difficult, it was time for her to die. And I said to her, Ruth, it's okay. You can go now. And she stopped breathing and died. It was, it was like being in heaven 
to see her leave this earth. And you could almost watch the real person that she was, the beautiful person that she was, leave the room. It was no longer necessary for us to be there because she was not there. And she had slipped carefully, tenderly into the arms of her shepherd. And even though she was in the valley of the shadow of death, she feared no evil because he was with her. His rod and his staff were comforting her. Every one of us, one day, will be in that valley. Every one of us will feel the shadow creep over our lives. And the question is, when that day comes, who am I trusting in? What am I trusting in? Because David says there are valleys. There is the shadow. But the Lord is my shepherd. He says a strange thing is this, that you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Now David knew what it was like to have enemies. Notoriously, he had Saul as his enemy. Saul who one day pretended that David was the best thing since sliced bread. Saul who whatever, Saul was after David to kill him because he was, he was just ridden through with jealousy, envy over David. And he was chasing David. And David was, was living in the caves and hills, escaping almost, you know, just by moments, Saul and his, his armies that were after him. And David said, but what you do is you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Now think about that. The last thing that you do when the enemy is at the door is sit down at a table for a meal. If you're eating at all, it's on the run. It's on the fly. If you're eating at all, it's, it, it's with scarce supply because you're not carrying a, you know, a food hamper with you. And David says, but my shepherd, here's what my shepherd does. Even in the presence of my enemies, my, my shepherd prepares a table before me. And my shepherd anoints my head with oil. What does that mean? Who anoints whose head with oil? Well, it's what a good host does. It it is a lavish treatment of your guests to to anoint that person with with olive oil, which was the the lovely substance of of most of the ancient world. And David says, you prepare a table in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, and my cup... It, it overflows. You keep pouring and pouring and pouring for me. You keep blessing and blessing and blessing me, even in the presence of my enemies. Just think, think about the, the, the kind of life that this feels like that David's describing. This kind of life where the shepherd looks after his sheep completely. This kind of life where, where the shepherd protects and guards his sheep against all evil that, that comes along. The, the, the kind of life that is not even afraid of human enemies because of the provision of the one who is the shepherd. And, and David says, the Lord is my shepherd. And Micah says, out of Bethlehem will come a ruler for my people who will shepherd Israel. And Matthew says, yes. The one who came, came from Bethlehem, by no means the least among the clans, because from Bethlehem has come the ruler, the king, who is the shepherd of his people Israel, who who is our shepherd. David says, the Lord is my shepherd, and here's what a shepherd is like, and here's what the Lord does for me. And he winds it up with a beautiful benediction. He says, surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
The, the, the term that he uses in here is, is the Hebrew term chesed. And I, I think I told you before, there's only one Hebrew word you really need to know, and it's the word chesed, because it's fun to say, first of all, and because of what it means. It, it is God's covenant loyalty. It's the most beautiful aspect of God's character and, and God's ways with us. It, it, it is that he is, he is infinitely, eternally, profoundly committed to his covenant. He will never break his covenant with us. He will never break trust with us. He will never stop loving us. He will never stop caring for us. And David says, I know that for every day of my life, your blessing is upon me. Your chesed is upon me. Your, your kindness, your faithfulness, your mercy, your love, your care, they will reign in my life and over my life every day of my life. Never need to wake up and wonder, does God love me today? Never need to wake up and wonder, can I do enough today for God that will please him? We need to wake up every morning and understand that this morning his faithfulness is new. It's fresh this morning. It's like the dew that has come over the night. That It, it visits us day after day after day after day, and it never, ever stops every day of our lives. And then David says, and I'm going to live in your house forever. I mean, it's a, it's as though this was not enough, as though this was not good enough. He says, every single day of my life, I will know your faithfulness upon me. <laughs> and then I'll live in your house forever. He, he was probably thinking of the, of the temple. He was probably thinking of, of the glory of the, the, the worship around the throne and the, the worship of Almighty God, the, the, the true God. But David says, forever, 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 I'll, I'll be in your house. It's also the idea of the, the dwelling place of God. It's where, it's where God lives. And David says, where, where I'm going to go, and this life is over, is I'm, I'm going to go to where you live. And I'm going to stay there with you forever, forever, forever. Micah says, um, Bethlehem, a king is going to come from your town. The king that's going to come is a shepherd. He's going to shepherd God's people, Israel. Matthew says, Bethlehem, by no means are you the smallest. By no means are you insignificant, because from you has come the ruler, the king, who is a shepherd. What kind of a king is it that came? It, it, it's a shepherd king. But, but a second question, just very simply and, and quickly, is the question, what, well, what kind of a shepherd, if, if we go to that side? Well, the one who is our shepherd is a shepherd king. So we think of all of these ways in which God, who is our king, shepherds us. And it's always important to come back and remember that the one who is our shepherd is the king. And the king has all authority. So if, if he is the one who's going to meet our needs, if he is the one who's going to protect us, if he is the one who's going to watch over us every day of our lives and then bring us to his house, does he have authority for this? I mean, is, is there somebody else might steal his kingdom away from him? No, th there's no chance of that because the shepherd is, well, what kind of a shepherd is he? Well, he's a shepherd king. So the, the, the people of Egypt, they had never seen such a thing before. Who, who are these travelers with flocks who all of a sudden have come and become pharaohs. Who are these people? And they finally threw them out. They wouldn't tolerate them after, after a few dynasties and they, and they disappeared. 
Who is the one who is our king? Well, he's the shepherd king, a, a very unlikely caricature for a king. And who's the shepherd that, that's looking after us and all that? Well, he's, he's the king. He's the king. Do you know Jesus as, as your king? I mean, do, you, do you really rejoice in his, his coming kingdom? I, I hope this Christmas time, even as we reflect on his being a shepherd king, that we can say, well, yes, because in his kingdom, it's like this. No matter what any other kingdom might look like, the kingdom that we're talking about, the kingdom that God is establishing, is a kingdom whose king is a shepherd. And that's the kind of kingdom we love to be in. That's the kind of kingdom that we thrive to be in, that we've been created for. And we need to look to our shepherd king and say, you are welcome as king in my life. You're welcome as king in our world. And what are the ways that that I can open a door so that you can arrive as the king in people's lives, in people's situations, in people's families, in the middle of people's hurts, in the middle of our world's tragedies? How can we welcome this king? Because we know that when he comes, he comes as a shepherd, as a good shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. What's a good shepherd like? He says, well, the good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. There are, there are false shepherds. There are hirelings. There are people that are shepherds for pay. But no, he says, the, the good shepherd, which I am, gives his life for his sheep. So this Christmas, we worship a king. And the more we study that king, the, the, the more we have glimpses of that king, the more our hearts are stirred and we say, against all of the other ways that he could come as king, he came as a shepherd. He came to be our pastor. He came to look after us. He didn't come to be our boss. He didn't he came to be our father. It's this lovely relationship that Jesus has brought by his person, in his person. And Micah says it's, um, it's actually shepherding that he's going to do. And Matthew says, yeah, it's, it's a shepherd that has come. What kind of a king is born in a stable? What kind of a king is born in Bethlehem? What kind of a king has no place to sleep? What kind of a king, you know, doesn't have a, an army? What kind of kind of a king dies on a cross? A shepherd king. What kind of king has come? A shepherd has come. Do you, do you need a shepherd in your life right now? Do you, do you feel like a sheep? Are you willing to say, I am, I am stupid enough to be a sheep? I'm lost enough to be a sheep? I smell enough to be a sheep? I mean, all of those things. The, the sheep depends on the shepherd for everything. And if there's some way in your life this Advent and this Christmas that you need a shepherd, there's a, there's a good shepherd. In fact, he's the king of kings. But the way he relates to his people is that he shepherds them. Peter says, when the chief shepherd shows up. So the way that we're to treat one another is that we're to shepherd one another because when the chief shepherd shows up, it's, it's all about love and care. It's all about faithfulness. It's all about the fact that his heart is only and always full of good for us. The king who came is, in fact, our shepherd. Let's pray about that. Father, we thank you for the the prophecy of Micah that um, there's a record that was written long before, hundreds of years before a baby was born in Bethlehem. 
And that that was written came true precisely. And even the, the particular nuance of the prophecy, that the one who came would be a shepherd, is fulfilled in Jesus who came and who is our good shepherd. The one who is our savior, our sanctifier, our healer, and our coming king is one who loves us deeply and devotedly forever. So, Father, we worship this king. We worship him because he is king, and we worship him with even greater gladness because of the kind of king that he is. And we welcome his shepherding into our lives. We welcome his shepherding into our midst and pray that we will be the sheep of his pasture and that we will, we will just relish that this season together. Thank you that he is the one who has come, who is our shepherd, who meets our needs. I pray, Father, that you will give to each one of us what it is that we need this season from the hand of the shepherd. If in our lives there are ways that we need to be drawn back into those paths that are the right paths for his namesake, we pray that you will gently bring us back. Father, if, um, if we've wandered along a path that is, that is far away from that fold, or if, if we have friends, we have family who... Um, at the end of the day, the, the, the shepherd's not seeing coming back into the pen. Uh, we, we just pray, Father, particularly at this time of the year, that um, they will hear the voice of this wonderful shepherd, this uh, shepherd king who loves them. And I pray, Father, that they will, they'll be drawn back uh, into the, the care of this one that has come, our shepherd king. We love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. As we leave today, let me just uh, invite you to greet one another with um, a fourfold greeting and just say, God bless you in the name of Jesus, who is our Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, and Coming King. You say all of that in one. God bless you in the name of Jesus, who is our Savior, Sanctifier, Healer, Coming King. Merry Christmas. <clears throat>